<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? Nothing but the poop. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 9, 2021. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 294 of the Biden-Harris administration, 363 days until the 22 midterms. It's just around the corner. Get ready. Find me on Instagram at the Bob Seskin on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And here comes Buzz Burbank. Yep. Can you say Buzz Burbank? There he is. You've said it all. There he is. Buzz Burbank. Hi, hi, Buzz. Hello. Yeah, hi. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I don't want to be the one to tell him. You should tell him. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's the invisible person behind hi, you oh, talking oh, about? Oh, hi, hi, hi. Hi. We're on. Hi, uh, yes. hi Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, he, he is Bob. I'm Buzz, and we are the most popular man in Kimberly Johnson's house. <laughs> that is 100% true. We're, we're a thruple now, didn't she tell you? Thruple. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, this year's uh, Daylight Savings Time is now over. Uh-huh. Uh, f- uh, falling back to, st- I don't know about you, but for me, uh, falling back to standard time was confusing. Uh-huh. Uh, woke up Sunday morning, Fox News was on, and... <laughs> For a while, I thought maybe I'd set the clock too far back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, we're all though. We're all still celebrating Infrastructure Week. It's finally here. Yeah, I'm really pleased about that. Yep. Uh, yes, the big infrastructure plan passed over the weekend, so uh, Joe Biden can now mark that off Trump's to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> About goddamn time. Uh, and meanwhile, while uh, Democrats were doing serious stuff, uh, Republican Ted Cruz was attacking Big Bird. Yes. Uh, saying it's a propaganda tool for five-year-olds to get vaccinated. <laughs> well, now uh, five-year-olds have responded by saying he's the tool. <laughs> Age appropriate, absolutely. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. At the big uh, climate conference in Glasgow, mm-hmm. uh, climate scientists have finally agreed on the main cause of global warming. Yeah. Joe Manchin. <laughs> it's that goddamn yacht. It's a yacht it's that- spewing fossil fuels into the atmosphere. Uh, also this week, uh, the U.S. opened its doors to foreigners who've been vaccinated. Ah. And sure enough, you guessed it, uh, our borders are now threatened by caravans of Canadians. 
They're all so polite. They are. Yeah. Nice about it. Uh-huh. Uh, DAs in Georgia and New York uh, are reportedly, district attorneys, prosecutors uh, in Georgia and New York are reportedly in a race to see who gets to be the first to slap the cuffs on Donald Trump. Oh, good. Oh, man, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Uh, <laughs> I cheered for them both in the playoffs. <laughs> it's the great Rocky Mountain Mike. Little ditty about Brandon and Karen. <laughs> Two American sore losers <laughs> in the heartland. Sore losers. Brandon gonna be a big lying football star. Karen's gonna call the cops on that strange car. <laughs> oh yeah, gripes go on. <laughs> gripes Long go after on. the thrill of losing is gone. Oh yeah, their stupid gripes go Of lose and move on. Gotta get a life. Don't be a troll. Can't let the Bible Belt exert too much control. Nope. Hold on to 1690 as long as you can. <laughs> Hoping that you'll come around soon to stop acting like cavemen. A little ditty about Brandon and Karen. Two American kids belong to QAnon. Clap along, right? Yeah. All right, Rocky Mountain Mike. Yes. As Rocky. timely as the day's headlines. Absolutely. Rocky MNTN Mike at uh, Twitter on Twitter. There you just go follow him on Twitter. Lots of great pictures, lots of great oh, jokes. Oh man. You know what his secret is? What's that? Color film. <laughs> Do they have that now? Is that available? <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Well, yeah, it was great uh, hearing you on uh, Kimberly's show yesterday, cheating oh, on me. Was, Thank you. That, that was fun. Well, no, here's, I figured it out. Uh, the two of you have joint custody now of me. Uh, so. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's Kramer versus Kramer here, isn't it? No, so Buzz is I mine. Went, no, he's mine. No, I, mine. Uh, early last week or the week before I've lost track, I was on uh, an up-and-coming young po- podcaster's show. Uh, and uh, then I was on your show twice last week. Yeah. And uh, on Kimberly's show yesterday, and back on your show today. And I'm retired. <laughs> you never retire from podcasting, don't you I know? Guess not, I mean, no. everyone's got a podcast. My like, mom's launching a podcast. I swear to God, like, it's like the mafia that way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's become prerequisite now. Everybody's got to have a podcast. Yeah, I thank her. That was fun. Yeah, it was exciting to hear you guys uh, together uh, exchanging secrets and and telling stories behind my back, and you know all those she, all those she, things she, that I'm imagining in my paranoid brain. Oh, you can you can download and and hear the part that we said on the. Ah, yeah, that's you know, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> did Did you enjoy seeing the inside of our refrigerator? Was that <laughs> I, no? I, I didn't get the chance. We're just again, you know, this is a new relationship. And, I see. Uh, okay, we haven't advanced to the appliances yet. All right, all right, gotcha. Well, um, let's see. Where do we start? You know what? We were watching the other night. And I wanted to bring this up here at the top of the show because okay. it was one of those things that you know we're just chucking all kinds of shit from the Trump years into the memory hole. I, mm-hmm. I think it's because of the pandemic and because of the insurrection. Oh, and the one thing after another after another. Oh, yeah, yeah. And everything prior to that gets erased. But right before, right in the midst of that whole ridiculous transition period last year that led up to the insurrection, Mm -hmm. there was the Four Seasons Total Landscaping debacle. It was a few days after the election. 
And MSNBC showed a, I think it was a half hour documentary about it. Uh, I think it was Sunday night. Uh-huh. And oh my God, Buzz, if you haven't seen this thing, <laughs> I mean, we all remember what went down because I think a sure. lot of us were on Twitter following along as the <laughs> chaos ensued that morning. But to see it all laid out and to get to know the people who actually own Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Oh, yeah. What an insane story that was. That's there. the impression I got from Kimberly, and I, yeah. I do want to see it. Uh, yeah. I didn't catch it at the time. As I told her, I, I was really pleased that it was out there. It, it amused me. It tickled me that someone had uh, put together a special for uh, the one-year anniversary of the famous news, infamous news conference yeah. at Four Seasons landscaping (laughs) (laughs) well i mean look occam's razor dictates that this was just another example of trump incompetence the trump white house obviously the trump white house was involved trump campaign was involved idiots drunken rudy giuliani was involved in all of this but honestly it was such a goddamn debacle that it made me think it was some form of sabotage. Like, I always go back to this theory that I have that uh, there was a cabal inside the Trump White House that were just fucking with the old man. They were the the ones that were misspelling all those words in the official press releases and documentation, and oftentimes in Trump's own tweets, because sometimes he wouldn't tweet those things himself. He would have Scavino or Don Jr. or someone else doing them. And I always wondered, was that deliberate? I mean, even Rachel Maddow, I think, did an entire segment about all of the ridiculous misspellings in all of these documents. And I couldn't help but to think someone's undermining Trump from the inside. It's not the anonymous person who uh, wrote that op-ed in the New York Times, the Lodestar op-ed. But uh, it was someone else. It was maybe several people who were just like, you know what, this is fucking bullshit. We're just going to sabotage the guy. I I see where you get that. I I instantly saw it as incompetence. And it was clear to me that in the end, what happened was, when Trump tweeted initially that there was going to be a big news conference the Four Seasons, it because he was under the impression, either because yeah. he misunderstood or someone else along the line misunderstood. We're hearing it was someone along the line, but then that's what we would hear, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, but at some point that broke down, and so he had heard Four Seasons and lit up because to him, Four Seasons says class. And and yeah. here's what I th- here's what my guess was at the time that it happened. Uh, Trump said the Four Seasons, the staff got right on it, found out the Four Seasons Hotel wanted no part of this. Yeah. And so they leafed through the phone book until they found something else that was named Four Seasons to save face for Trump. Uh, and and so and then he came back and deleted that and tweeted it would be at the Four Seasons of Total Landscaping. Yeah. Isn't isn't it to you perhaps the funniest thing that's ever happened in human in in American history? Oh my God, absolutely! It's got to be one of the top three things. Maybe I mean there was a whole <laughs> lot of shit that happened during the Millard Fillmore administration that we don't want to get into. Fillmore was comedy gold. <laughs> Right. Open any history book and you can see. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But you'll th- laugh. This, by all rights, in a normal world, that Four Seasons Total Landscaping event 
the entire nation should have laughed him out of public view forever. Yes, yes. I mean, well, there was there was a lot of laughing, and there is there still uh, that laughing endures uh, because of the anniversary mm-hmm. of of you know of all the things we we remember. We we choose to pause to remember. <laughs> uh, it's nice that we chose that funny moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Had to do that, but people are still laughing about it and at them. Yeah. for uh, the absurdity of it all. And you talk about disaster capitalism. The uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping people, as of the reporting in that documentary, made something like $1.5 million on T-shirt sales after that great. fuck-up that's occurred awesome. with the Trump administration. And you know what? Awesome. I'm, I'm glad for them. Because yes. it turned out they are... It could have crushed them. Really sweet, charming people. And I had no idea that the woman who owned it was actually in her own Super Bowl commercial last year. This is (laughs) goes to show me. I I don't follow the sports ball. So I had no idea that there was a really funny uh, Super Bowl commercial featuring Four Seasons Total Landscaping. (laughs) And it was... It was awesome, and they can laugh at themselves. They were very uh, sweet and accepting of the whole thing, just kind of confused, and they're just sure. uh, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. So I, if you can find that documentary, again, I think it was on, I want to say 10 it, to 10.30, something like that, Sunday night, Easter time MSNBC, on yeah. MSNBC. Just, yeah. just go to MSNBC On Demand or yeah. you know one of their websites or however you like to access MSNBC. Yeah. You'll find in the vault there uh, that, and that's how I'm going to find it and, and watch it because it, it does sound entertaining. And if it's only mm-hmm. half hour, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as is the uh, trend here on the show, moments after we finished Friday's After Party podcast, moments after uh-huh. we finished recording, obviously, right. you know, it takes a little bit to get it posted. But after sure. we finished recording, maybe uh, two or three minutes afterwards, I go over to Twitter and it turns out that there was voter fraud in the Virginia gubernatorial election. Yes. And it was Glenn Youngkin's son. It was Glenn Youngkin's son who committed voter fraud in Virginia, trying to vote twice and not even being old enough to vote. So I think that's like, what, three things that he tried to do that were illegal? Mm-hmm. And nothing gets done about it. And there's a woman in prison in Texas. Yeah. Uh, who uh, mistakenly uh, tried to vote, and it, her vote was not ca- cast or counted, but she's now doing five years uh, wow. in, because of that. And, uh, you know, Youngkin's kid is out walking around. Yeah, yeah. And every time we hear about new voter fraud allegations, it mm-hmm. always ends up being a it's Trump always supporter. A always, always, <laughs> yeah. always, always, always. They cheat, cheat, cheat. That's what they do. They're cheaters. Yep. And as we said last week, if this had been entirely reversed, if this had been a Terry McAuliffe victory in Virginia, mm-hmm. the Yunkin people and obviously the rest of the National Republican Party would have been screaming about voter fraud fraud and a rigged election. I mean, they were already preemptively talking about that. We talked about Mark Levin predicting massive vote rigging in the Virginia gubernatorial. And and it turns out the first story we hear about uh, having anything to do with malfeasance during that election was (laughs) Glenn Youngkin's 17-year-old boy trying to cast a ballot. (laughs) So that that ship has sailed. So how how do we deal with that reality? Democrats in Virginia, and I'm talking about voters as well as elected Democrats, need to keep that 
in the public eye. Mm-hmm. That is something to taunt Yunkin about for four years. Yes. Uh, his son, it was his son who voted illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just repeat that over and over and over and over again. You know they would do it to us. Uh, so we must uh, do what they do and fight them in kind. We have to see a loss like that as an opportunity to, to mess with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, this story goes, uh, he walked into the voting precinct inside the Great Falls Library on Tuesday, presenting his driver's license to election officials when asked for proof of identity. According to Jennifer Chanty, the precinct captain there, Chanty said in an interview with The Post that she realized who the teen was when she looked at his ID. Upon seeing his age, she said she informed him that he must be at least 18 to be able to be eligible to vote in Virginia. Under Virginia's election laws, the only time 17-year-olds can vote is in a primary election election if they'll be 18 by the time of the general election hey that's not too confusing is it uh yeah and then he uh, she said she offered to register him to vote for the next election but the teen declined and then walked out (laughs) because he doesn't give a shit about any other election except his dad's about 20 minutes later he returned insisting that Uh he be allowed to vote saying that a friend who was also 17 had been allowed to cast a ballot so he's throwing his friend under the bus too maybe i mean he could just be saying you know, yeah. uh, his, his imaginary friend, right? Multiple attempts. Multiple he lied. Attempts. He tried to break the law. Yeah. Uh, and he walks free. I just We cannot freaking let them forget that. I we know. We just can't. We need to be all over that and stay all over that. If you're a Virginia Democrat, voter or elected, that's what you need to do for the next four years. Or at least to be aware of it. At the very least, to just know the facts of no, who's committing saying, voter fraud. Yeah. I'm saying use it as a weapon. Use that's it as what a weapon. Okay, to, well, that makes sense, I would too. Do, that's what That's what I they would yeah. do to us yeah oh, and it's time i think many of us agree to start fighting back that way yeah and you know what? i want to get into the bipartisan infrastructure law here and the contents of that how much spending is going where in, in right. just a second but while we're on this discussion of mm-hmm. turnabout is fair play I want to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about recently, which is Trump's failing DWAC stock, which is basically an update. Yeah. The the placeholder for his would be media company, which is going Uh public on the NASDAQ. Uh, You know that I've been enjoying watching the uh, stock price fall precipitously day after day. Had a pretty good day yesterday, but that was. You've you've been tracking its downward progress. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, it occurred to me the other day if this had been. Hillary Clinton's media company stock. The Red Hats would have already launched a coordinated Reddit campaign to drag it down further with short positions, short sell the stock, to drag the stock price down. If you short sell a stock, as we've talked about here on the show in the past, that also sabotages the stock and drags the overall price down. And so I assure you, if this had been a Hillary Clinton media venture, maybe even Al Gore returning to the cable news space or something like right. that, and if he had or Hillary Clinton had gone public, this would have been targeted almost immediately by Red Hat trolls. We can't allow this to happen, so let's short sell this thing. Let that be a lesson in terms of the difference between how they play and how we play. Meantime, you know, it's like, I don't mean to say this to guilt people into retweeting my shit on Twitter. I don't give a shit whether you retweet it. But just by, by way of comparison, my tweet along these lines, uh, my most recent tweet, only got like eight retweets and 46 wow. likes. So we can't, not only are we not short selling this stock, 
but we're not even paying attention to the tweets about the most, failing most, stock. Most so, people, most people aren't. But yeah. speaking for myself, and I think the people listening, uh, we we appreciate the fact that you've been tracking this. <laughs> okay, uh, and, yeah, I and, hope so. And and it could very well lead somewhere. Again, it's not about me. I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm just doing no, this I as understand. a matter of comparing. No, you're you're, yeah. con- you're concerned about the lack of attention to the issue, and yeah. I think that's a yeah. perfectly legitimate concern. Yeah. So, for example, I uh, tweeted the other day. This was on uh, November 5th, which was, let's see, that was Friday. Uh, I tweeted that Trump's DWAC stock dropped another 3.87% that day on Friday. That's a lot. 14% for the week and 39% over the past two weeks. That's deadly. Yeah. And I said, the former businessman president sucks at business. Pass it on. And that got a big 31 retweet. So slightly better. (laughs) But you know what? This this goes back. And I'm not going to dwell on this. We're not going to go back down this rabbit hole again because we spent most of last week talking along these lines. But, you know, the messaging only works if we support the messengers, if we get the message out, if we amplify it, if we spread it around. And so just take that with you and think about that. That's that's what I try to do. If I yeah. see a piece of wisdom on Twitter, I don't just like it and move on. I mean, I, I, I have a sort of an evaluation system in my head uh, as to whether to ignore it, like it or retweet it. Yeah. And if it's something that uh, that's on my mind, and, and this is pretty much how I would say it, I, I mm-hmm. absolutely retweet it. Amplify those ideas you know to be good, and especially people who are able to back up what they're saying yeah, uh, yeah. on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, We need to amplify our best messages. So uh, whether you're on Facebook and you share somebody else's post or you're on Twitter, uh, you know, and you and you uh, retweet it, or uh, you're on one of the others, and you do whatever you do over there. Uh, you know, then at that <laughs> at that point, you're helping to amplify the the, the our best messages. Yeah. And uh, as Bob outlined last week, we're up against some uh, tough numbers, uh, artificial though they may partly be. We're up against some tough numbers in terms of the uh, following popularity and amplification mm-hmm. of conservative viewpoints. So, yeah. you know, everybody could help out in this respect by uh, retweeting something you find to be truly wise. And remember, back in 2008, there was two or three weeks of Republican outrage when it came out that Barack Obama puts gherkins in his egg salad. Uh-huh. That was a real thing. I mean, a couple of years before the tan suit debacle, the right wing outrage, the thing that was circulating right wing social media over and over again was the fact that Barack Obama put little teeny tiny pickles in his <laughs> egg salad. And this was a colossal fucking outrage. Oh, how can someone be a real American well, if they put exactly. gherkins? And, exactly. And so- <laughs> the, the pickles are a dead giveaway. He's from Kenya. Yeah. You just, you know, right away, pickles, Kenya. So we're, we're exactly examining here the fact that Donald Trump's stock is <laughs> crashing and right. burning before our very eyes. Like Another, everything else he touches. Yes, absolutely. After being a one-term loser to boot, being impeached twice, etc., there's this too. And I think we can, given the fact that he's still on the national stage and there's still a strong likelihood that he's going to run for president again, we could probably stand to do a little bit more along these lines. And when anybody it comes to who trolling, can, yeah. Any, anybody who can bankrupt a business school, a steak company, <laughs> uh, a, a, a wine company, a hotel company, a casino company, anybody yeah. who can tank those and who could also tank American democracy can can easily uh, tank this. Yeah. And by the way, Donald Trump's DWAC stock, 
Again, this is the company that he merged with to take his media company public on the NASDAQ. Again, that's what when we talk about DWAC, that's Trump's media company. It's the most shorted SPAC on the domestic market right now. <laughs> wow. So people, hey, they are doing it. Yeah. Uh, they're not Obviously, this isn't because of what I'm doing, but I will I say that investors, by and large, are shorting Donald Trump's stock. $318 million invested in short positions but, in DWC. Number one. But, Bob, he has the best short sales. <laughs> Holy shit, sad. Um, second place on that list is more than $100 million less in terms of total investment and short position. So, yeah, I think Wall Street is on to Donald Trump's next failure. And I'm here for it. I'm going to love covering this. I'm going to love watching every step of the way. And quite honestly, I'll be perfectly frank with you. I don't give a shit if it gets one like or zero likes or whatever. This is one of my favorite things to cover in the whole world. Watching one of Donald Trump's new businesses fail in real time is uh-huh. a delight. I mean, we all fantasize about pissing on his grave someday, but you can piss on his business right now. You can watch it happen uh, day after day after day. You know, one of the oldest sayings in, in Las Vegas is the house always wins. Well, not when Donald Trump owns the house. It, yeah. uh, you know, he bankrupts <laughs> casinos. Uh, he bankrupted democracy. Yeah. Uh, on that subject, uh, about the things he can destroy, and mm-hmm. again, we appreciate you keeping track of the demise of that stock and that company. Yeah. Uh, please continue to do so. Yeah. But uh, he <laughs> even, uh, we, we found out through uh, Jonathan Carl's new book. Oh, yes. out uh, flogging right now. That, that Trump, uh, on his last day in office, threatened to leave the Republican Party and start a party of his own. And he got into a pissing match with Rona McDaniel, uh-huh. uh, the head of the Republican Party, uh, ostensibly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she ended up coming back and saying, if you do that, we're seizing all of the money that people have donated through us. <laughs> To you, so they would cut off his money, and so he rethought his threat and backed down. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he even failed at that. But can you imagine if he if he tanks a state company and casinos and American democracy? How's he going to do running his own political party? You know, I, part of me says uh, let's just let him for entertainment's sake. Oh my God, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the best case scenario. If Donald Trump forms his own party, splits the Republican Party in half. Yes, well, I mean, yeah. even more. More than half, because I think Donald Trump would have, I think, uh, a greater than majority level of the Republican voters in his back pocket from that point forward. And that would weaken the Republicans yes, significantly. Yeah. I read for, an article yeah. this week that he's even neutered Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, one of the most powerful men in Washington for decades now, uh, has has been neutered. He he can't, he, he because of his support of Trump, he can't do anything except Trump's bidding. Uh, yeah. He is, he's owned by Donald Trump in that sense yeah. uh, and, and truly controlled by Donald Trump against his will. Uh, Mitch McConnell, remember this, is weak. Yeah. He's, he's at his weakest and most vulnerable point in his powerful political career. Exactly. And the upside, I guess, for Mitch McConnell is that because he's a subterranean nematode, the, mm-hmm. the neutered parts can grow back. So there is, <laughs> there is also that. Um, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Carl's new book, uh, lots of interesting revelations in all of this. So uh, far and more to come, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the excerpts uh, focuses on a um, largely unknown guy in the Trump administration, someone named Johnny McAtee. McEntee, is that, I guess that's how you pronounce his last name. 
Johnny uh, McEntee. Johnny McEntee, yeah, sounds like a radio name, doesn't it? Um, Jonathan Carl goes into painstaking detail in describing the remarkably powerful role this 29-year-old former college football quarterback played within the White House. Just from Central Casting. Totally from Central Casting. That's exactly why. That's why Trump hired him. Because he's a former football player. He's probably kind of a buff guy. He's a macho guy, right? Uh-huh. Sure, Tr- sure. Trump loves that kind of shit. I know, right? Carl paints McAtee as a far more important player in the Trump administration than any- anyone had previously reported. He started as the body man for Trump, where his right. job was to carry his bags when traveling. But by the end, he had been put in a place to oversee White House personnel, a massive job Mm -hmm. that would be a challenge for anybody. He was the guy who would carry Trump's luggage, and he was put in charge of the White House staff. I like him. I like Uh, him. You know, that would be something Trump would say. Yeah, I like that boy. Yeah. Uh, So some revelations here from Carl's book. I got five here listed from Mediaite. Number one, McEntee was not just the deputy president, quote unquote, but also called a fucking idiot by one of Trump's cabinet secretaries. So there's another vote of confidence for McAtee's uh, skills and ability to do the job. Number two, Trump loyalty was enforced to a degree that Chief of Staff Mark Meadows was alerted to a mid-level staffer liking a Taylor Swift Instagram post. Talk about a Gestapo. They're going around yeah. policing people's likes and, and your, shares on social there's media. Your, there's your authoritarian fascism. Exactly right. Uh, let's see what else here. McEntee was hired after Trump yelled at Mick Mulvaney, Deputy uh, Emma Doyle, who politely pushed back on the hire. Uh, I don't care about that. Number four, the staff that McEntee assembled was derided by one senior official as, quote, Rockets and the Dungeons and Dragons group. <laughs> well, the, the second half of that sounds good to me. Uh, you know, uh, but, I sort of like the first half, but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> that's true. I, you know what? Let's go with both halves. Uh, number five, despite zero constitutional expertise, oh, this is a shocker. <laughs> McEntee led an effort to convince Pence to overturn the Electoral College vote on January 6th. So get that guy into the Senate, right? Or into Wait. the uh, 1-6 committee in the House immediately can, oh oh yeah and uh i can add a sixth revelation uh, actually seventh if you count uh, the one i gave a moment ago yes please the, do five you just gave uh jonathan carl was also shown and he, he said this to colbert last night uh, was shown uh, photographs by a, a white house photographer assigned to the vice president who was with pence in a like a basement parking garage uh, during the siege wow. of the capital uh, and got all kinds of pictures that Pence refuses to release. Well, he can't do that. Mm. Those pictures are a matter of public record and were paid for and are owned by the American people. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we will uh, see those pictures. Uh, a, a, some of them were snapped at key moments, like the moment uh, Pence learned uh, you know, that, that Trump had abandoned him. Maybe this will be the first time... I think since, as we said, the Millard Fillmore administration, <laughs> when we get uh, actual documentation of a vice president shitting himself in real time, I think those photographs <laughs> would be historic for no other reason but that. Well, I mean, lots of reasons, right. but but that included, I guess. Yeah, so all kinds of juicy stuff, and I guess yeah. more to come. Uh, it should be a, a hot-selling book, I, I would suspect. Yeah, well, here in a second, we're going to talk about more subpoenas issued by the 1-6 <laughs> committee. We're going to get into that, plus uh, we're going to detail what exactly is in the bipartisan infrastructure law. This is the sort of thing that you take with you uh, for what Tom Hartman calls the water cooler wars. 
these are all things that we should uh, make mental notes of and have at, at our disposal when we uh, engage in the uh, social media shovel oh, fights good. or whatever. Good. However you yeah. engage with uh, other people and trolls. Helpful, and, helpful tips. Yeah, certainly over the holidays because guess what? Thanksgiving's just around the corner, so you're going to be sitting across the table from your favorite Trump-supporting relatives. Good luck to you, and good luck to us all. Uh-huh. And good luck to <laughs> us all indeed. Yes, but uh, we're here to help. We're here to help you uh, through all of that by providing each lots other. of good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots of talking points. Buzz and I are holding hands right now. Yes, yes. Yeah, we are. just so terrified. Um, yeah, just we're holding we're hands trouble. like uh, Thelma and Louise in the car. You know, with their hands up in the air. <laughs> well, we're a throuple, and right now it's your turn. You know, so. <laughs> Okay, well, here's a great way to support the show. If you're only listening to this free portion, the thing that we put up on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and every place else, if you're only listening to this part of the show, uh, you're only hearing the first hour. I got news for you. There's an extra, like, 20 minutes to a half hour of show. Yeah, this is the warm-up. Yeah, yeah, and it's completely in secret. (laughs) The only people who get to hear that extra content at the end of the show is the people who subscribe to our Patreon page. And, of course, what we do every Tuesday and Thursday is we produce a show called The Shadow Docket at patreon.com slash Show or simply com. And what happens is after the end credits roll, which is basically mm-hmm. us talking over the theme song at the very end of the show, once the music ends, we keep on talking and we call that The Shadow Docket and all kinds of shit happens on The Shadow like a Docket. secret club, really. Secret club, yeah. And it mm-hmm. has to be secret because we talk about some things there where we have a, a very strict rule that what happens happens on the shadow docket stays on the shadow docket so if you're missing it you're missing out on like an entire what would that amount to like a third of what we record every tuesday and thursday that's a lot of show that you're missing it's like when you buy a bottle of windex and you get a third more free it's like that (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly get your third more right here at bobseskashow.com it's a completely unfiltered commercial free continuation of all the fun and news and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode the shadow docket drops every tuesday and thursday after the free shows and it's only going to cost you five dollars per month that's it It's a a bargain at twice the price. We pass the savings on to you. And you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast at the same time. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you in advance. The Bob Seska Show. It's the great Stop Calling Me Frank. I love this song. We uh, we pulled this one out uh, Friday's After Party and uh, playing it again here because I love it, I love it, I love it. This is a song called 5,000 Miles from their album called Spider in My Beer and Other Songs. Uh, if you ask me, I prefer the uh, Other Songs half of that uh, album title. Not a big fan of Spiders in My Beer. And it uh, probably helps that I don't drink a whole lot of beer. <laughs> so don't get a lot of spiders in it either. Um, link like in the description that. to support Stop Calling Me Frank and this amazing song. Okay. 
Uh, Very nice. Now, Stop Calling Me Frank reminds me of a cartoon I saw once in Playboy magazine years ago <laughs> yes. when I subscribed for the articles. <laughs> uh, and and it was a black and white drawing of two very attractive women sitting at a bar. Oh, that's a shock. And uh, the, the caption has one of them saying, uh, I guess one of them says, let me be Frank. And the other one says, no, you were Frank last time. Let me be Frank. <laughs> And you see those things, and they just stick with you, and you can't shake them. That's all. Yes, indeed. Hey, you know what, Mike? I have a connection to uh, to Playboy, Playboy cartoons. They used to yeah. do a cartoon series in Playboy called Schwimmer and Jones. And it was from, God, my God, it was like the 1970s when this was around. It was just a little <laughs> panel strip that they oh, used the to run. the Deborah Joe Fondren days. Yes, yeah, I yeah. I remember them well. And uh, I think back in, like... Uh, 2009, somewhere around there, uh, Playboy hired me to produce uh, a cartoon series based on really? the Schwimmer and Jones cartoon strip. And so oh, that was that's cool. Oh boy, that was lots of fun. And it was one okay. of the, yeah, because the art style was so interesting on the cartoons, it was uh -huh. so fun to duplicate that for the cartoons uh -huh. themselves, for the animated oh, that's cartoons. Great. That's yeah, great. so that was fun. That's my little uh, connection to Playboy right there. Um, you you okay. should do an animated version of us sometime. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> if, I, if I wasn't completely burned out on animation, I would probably yeah. do that. <laughs> you, can make, you can make me look like anything you want. I made, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I think I calculated the total number of cartoons I either produced, directed, or animated myself. One of those three or all those three things combined. I think I made almost a thousand animated shorts in the time wow. that I was running an animation studio. That's a lot of shorts. Yeah. No, wonder, no wonder you switched the panties. <laughs> Yeah, some of you know my work. I did a, a cartoon. It was the, the the most famous cartoon that I did was back in May of 2000. It was called Napster Bad, and it made fun of Metallica right. and their lawsuit against Napster. And it was uh, an unbelievable viral success, which blew me oh, away. Something like we were getting like 10 million downloads a week or something. I shut down an entire uh, ISP I'm, where we were hosting. I, I'm, I'm consistently astounded at all the things you've done and all the things you've accomplished. And, yeah. and I'm just really, really proud of you. Yeah, it's funny. Kimberly and I were talking about this last night uh, on a complete tangent here about the need for branding on social media. That seems to be the drive. A lot of people who spend a lot of time on social media, they're really into their branding. Like, what's my brand? What is the thing that I'm known for? And how can I amplify that? Righteous and anger. I think my brand is I don't have a brand. I'm just all over the place. I've done <laughs> all kinds of shit. And so I think uh, I'm going to stick with that. I'm just going to own that and embrace that. Okay. A man, a man of all seasons. Yes, yes. Cartoons, politics, uh, God, <laughs> music, you name it. Uh, and so I think sometimes I think on social media I confuse people like, He's the politics guy, but what what the hell is he doing with album covers? What is that? Car I know, cartoons? I, know. I don't understand. I make, I've been making so many appearances lately. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's it's it, is this retirement? I'm not sure. <laughs> we changed your last name to uh, Hamilton. You can be Buzz Hamilton <laughs> or Jody Burbank. I'm, I don't know. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the Hank Azaria of podcasting. <laughs> The Michael Caine of, no, Jody Hamilton's the Michael Caine of podcasting. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so let's see here. More subpoenas issued in the 1-6 committee. Yes. Let's, let's talk about these guys and, and how quickly they're going to shirk their subpoenas. Let's see, we got uh, Michael Flynn. Obviously, this was going to happen at some point or another. Uh, Jason Miller. Bill Stepien, who's the campaign manager. John Eastman, who's the lawyer who wrote that uh, 
six six ways to overturn democracy. Exactly right. Yeah, memo. looking forward to hearing that te- or seeing that testimony, whichever it might be. And of course, Bernie Carrick, which is uh, exciting to see because Bernie Carrick, those of us from Blogosphere 1.0, remember covering Bernie Carrick when he was going to be George W. Bush's first Homeland Security Secretary. but After he, being police chief for Rudy Giuliani. Exactly. And being an absolute crooked cop. I mean, these are the sorts of things. Bernie Carrick and imprisoned. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Carrick's exploits uh, <laughs> as the chief of police in Manhattan. Sort of like, you know, you remember the movie Serpico? <laughs> he was a dirty, dirty cop. And he got caught at the wrong time, right when he was about to be uh, Homeland Security Secretary, and so that was a big embarrassment. That started the downward collapse of Rudy Giuliani's legacy uh, from that point forward. Because there's so many pictures of Bernie Carrick and and Rudy just hugging it out, just having a good old time. Yes. Oh yeah, they're buds. Yeah, and the optics of that, knowing what Bernie Carrick was up to. So Bernie Carrick is going to be before the one six committee, getting interviewed on his <laughs> latest fuck up, his latest criminality. Such a shock that Bernie Carrick would be involved in, in a scam like this one. So it's a good uh, list, and Mike Flynn, you know, just an amazing yeah, list yeah. of people. And you know what? Look, I'm I'm really happy to see this. I'm happy to see uh, Joyce Vance and some others. Uh, relieved. I hope they're right. I think they're right, and I'm relieved. Yes, talking about how it's a good sign that they're... Barbara McQuaid, too. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good sign the DOJ is taking its time with these criminal contempt... Refer- with the Well, we've got the one from Steve Bannon uh, mm-hmm. on the table, and the fact that they're taking their time with it, according to Joyce Vance and, and uh, Barbara McQuaid and some others, they that's all a positive news because it, it seems like what they're trying to do is to make sure that they're not only following the rule of law, but making sure they have a, a, a solid case to nail how on. How angry would progressives be if they'd filed sooner and then muffed the case? Yeah, yeah. They got thrown out on a technicality or some other BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutors know that uh, there's nothing here less acceptable than convictions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they want to make sure they have a case that guarantees that a jury will convict. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, like I said, I, I they certainly, uh, Joyce Vance and uh, Barb McQuaid know what they're talking about as former federal prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have every reason to believe that they're right. I hope they're right. I think they're right. Uh, and it would just uh, have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, you know, you see all the people uh, calling for Merrick Garland's resignation or replacement uh, based on the anger that nothing has been done yet. I've seen people tweet, well, what good is it to have issued these new six subpoenas if the first three aren't being uh, respected? Yeah. Uh, by the way, the January 6th committee's interviewed something like 230 witnesses already. Yeah. Uh, there, there are maybe more. They're, they're deep into this thing. Uh, and uh, they are in close contact with at least uh, the prosecutor in Georgia, in Fulton County. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are cross-communicating as uh, the state of Georgia prepares its uh, case of election interference against Donald Trump. And as Manhattan continues pursuing their case of uh, business fraud uh, by Donald Trump, uh, you know, and as I said, uh, indicated in the monologue, they're, they're in a race now to see who gets to slap the cuffs on him first. It, I, the, the fact that Trump himself will be arrested uh, is virtually assured at this point if, if we're all just patient. As I told Kimberly yesterday, if it goes too long, 
I will have to join the chorus of those calling for Garland's replacement. Yeah. But I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm willing to, based on what Vance and McQuaid have said, I'm willing to give it a little bit more time. I think we were at the vanguard of this. I think we were ahead of the curve on this, especially last week. I remember distinctly us talking about how let's let due right. process play out before we start demanding that's or, or what, shall I say chanting lock them up and that's what we and democracy are supposedly all about yeah. so we we need to remain true to that yes and I would just say uh, let's be patient a little while longer because every indication is that they got this yeah every indication is they're not going to get away with it this time mm-hmm. uh, don't screw this up I, I agree with Kimberly that it, it's good that we're applying pressure yeah. to Merrick Garland there's nothing wrong with that uh, but just uh, do it for sport, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, do it to apply the pressure. But don't mean it because uh, I, I don't think you want to interfere with the investigations that are very seriously underway right now. Yeah. Everything I'm hearing, everything I read says uh, charges are inevitable. Uh, there's some other uh, woman, uh, another one of the six people uh, who got uh, subpoenas yesterday who made uh, phone calls, uh, and wow. uh, which there are recordings. And uh, this is being, she's being called in and, and the, the, they, the committee already has the tape. Uh, a lot of these things and a lot of people are being tied together. I remember half joking uh, during this show a couple of years ago or longer. We're going to need a, a several prison buses. We're going to need yeah. we're going to need multiple prison buses to haul everyone away. I'm starting. I, I had my doubts about that after a while, but I'm starting to think once again we're going to need multiple buses. Uh, a lot of people are going down here, and Trump is one of them. Yeah, and it's another reason to work our asses off for the midterms, to hold mm-hmm. on to Congress. And I'll tell you right. why. Because I'm not sure how long the 1-6 committee is going to be convened. I don't know how long right. it's going to take before they issue their final report. Right. But it, it could last through the midterms. And if that ends up being the case, if we lose uh, either chamber, if we lose both chambers, it's even worse. But if we lose one or the other chamber, what's going to happen is there'll be no opportunity to apply the uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And I, think, yeah. I think if there's an opportunity to apply that constitutional amendment, that stricture on congressional behavior, where mm-hmm. members of Congress who participated in an insurrection can be barred from ever running for office again and, in fact, lose their seats based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. As as well as lawmakers who uh, imply threats toward other lawmakers' yes, lives. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what you want is you want a Democratic Congress to be able to enforce Section 3 and make sure and it happens. So Because, yeah, because we don't want to be, uh, because Democrats don't want to be known as that yeah. going into the election as people walk into the booths, uh, that's not what Democrats want to be remembered for. We need to get this out there. Uh, this this investigation needs to wrap up quickly, one, to save democracy, but also to get it done uh, well before the elections so Americans finally see, uh, more Americans finally see that they were duped, yeah. that, that many of these people were criminals, that uh, many of these criminals stole directly from Trump supporters mm-hmm. and lied directly to Trump supporters. And uh, that will be the greatest undoing of Trumpism is for people to uh, come around to a point where uh, they, they, uh, at least at some level, see it for the fraud that it is. Uh, You say it's impossible. People stood by Nixon uh, even after the impeachment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they were a minority and they faded away because 
Nixon equaled shame, and nobody wanted to be associated with the with the losing and the and the shame. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and I think the same can be true for Trump uh, if we can uh, successfully execute these prosecutions. Uh, by summer of next year. Yeah, best case, we get it done uh, before the election. But if it mm-hmm. ends up, if the 1-6 committee remains convened through the election, we have to uh, be ready to send Democrats back to Congress in, in a right. majority way, way so that right, yeah, right. yeah, so they can enforce uh, the findings of the 1-6 committee. And in fact, if the 1-6 committee needs more time, they need to remain impaneled. And if the Republicans take over the House, it's bye-bye 1-6 committee. In fact, maybe they'll, this they'll will, form maybe... the reverse of it. They'll form the committee <laughs> to investigate the the one six committee. Is oh yeah, always, always, yeah. always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This I, this could really uh, turn out to be a great motivator for Democratic voters, yeah. and could add a lot more uh, Democratic voters in the process. Yeah, I, I think if this may be a chance for the big wave that we need. Uh, that I keep harping on is that we can't tie them. We can't just barely lose to them. We can't just barely beat them. We must electorally. Eliminate them. We yeah, must yeah. crush them mm-hmm. electorally. Humiliate them out of existence to a right, certain point. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And that if we if we if this uh, we know how this I think we know how this prosecution is going to go. I think we know what its findings are going to be. If justice is brought about because of this, yeah. if people go to prison and their crimes and Trump's crimes exposed once and for all, mm-hmm. uh, I, I you know it, it won't be the end of it in in the minds of many people, but it will hurt the other side badly enough that we can achieve that electoral crushing that I believe we need to execute in order to flatten the, the, the fascism, uh, the autocracy, yeah. uh, and, and all the things that will really overturn our way of life. And uh, something to keep in mind, a name to keep in mind as we move forward through these investigations, and I think the Georgia one, as you were mentioning, Buzz, seems to be the most uh, serious for Donald Trump's future. Yes, indeed. Keep this name in mind. Her name is Fannie Willis. She's the prosecutor Mm -hmm. in Fulton County who opened her inquiry in February. And her office has been consulting with the House 1-6 committee, whose evidence could be of considerable value to her investigation. They can but, help each other. Yeah, yeah. But her progress has been slowed. If you don't know why it's taking her so long, it's in part because of the delays in the 1-6 committee's fact-gathering. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily the fault of the committee. It's just there's a lot of information that they yes. have to gather. They, and they've so, amassed millions of documents. Yeah. They've spoken with hundreds of witnesses, and they're just getting started uh, so uh, they, you need help with a project like that. And they really, yeah. truly can help each other. They are essentially of investigating the same things, and that is the plot to interfere and overturn the 2020 presidential election. And her inquiry, it says here, is seen by legal experts as potentially perilous for the former president, giving yes. myriad in- interactions he and his uh, allies had with Georgia officials, most notably Mr. Trump's call to Brad Raffensperger, urging him to find 11,780 votes. And, so, and Lindsey Graham's call as well. Bear in mind the name, Fannie Willis, because we're going to be talking a lot about Fannie Willis in the coming months, that's for She'll sure. she be famous. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I keep mentioning, forgetting to mention, Kimberly's show. If you want to hear Buzz and Kimberly talking uh, she's on good. her show. She's good. Yes. She's a, a terrific host. I recommend you, you start following her show. Yeah, like us, Buzz, Kimberly is endowed with the gift of gab. 
And so she <laughs> she knows how to talk. And so her show is at patreon.com slash start me up. That's the name of the show. You can also find it everywhere you get your podcast. Most importantly, she's much more Patreon centric. So uh, everything you want to know about Kimberly and, and listen to Kimberly's show, that all happens on her Patreon page. Again, patreon.com slash start me up. Uh, okay, so what's in the bipartisan infrastructure law? Here's the uh, here's the list, Buzz. Here's okay. everything that we uh, have to look forward to: forty billion for bridges, eleven uh-huh. billion for safety, thirty nine billion for transit, sixty six billion for Amtrak slash rail, which is the biggest investment uh-huh. since the creation of Amtrak. This right. is the, this is the one that I'm most excited about because I love the trains. I don't know if you yes. know this about me, Buzz, but I I'm a big I fan of the trains. That. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I've always wanted to go cross country on one. <laughs> yeah, well, I think part of this is they're going to be uh, doing some city connectors. I think they're going to be connecting more cities together with uh, with great. rail That's and great. some high speed rail as a- well. After as after 9/11, the show of which I was a part would uh, travel to New York uh, and back from DC to New York and back on a regular basis. Oh and- yeah. You know, we used to take the Delta shuttle, and after 9-11, well, we took Amtrak. And, <laughs> That's right. and I love that. I, I, I love the experience and, and wished it could have covered more of the country. Yeah, that was one of, my, one of my favorite things to do back in the day is to take the yeah. train. I used to, when I lived in Reading, Pennsylvania, I used to drive over to Trenton because, you know, the, the, the town in Pennsylvania that's famous for its railroad, the Reading Railroad yeah, yes, on the, the Monopoly board, yeah. has no passenger rail at all. Or it used to, but not anymore because of car culture. So uh, I used Not to, officially, but... But you, you lived in yeah. a boxcar for a while, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So I would drive from Reading to um, uh, to Trenton, New Jersey, and I would take that train from Trenton, uh, the new- northeast corridor, up to uh, up to Manhattan, and bo- oh my God, that was one people, of my favorite things in the world to do. Pe- people train don't come to Reading. <laughs> <laughs> people train run out of Stubville. Um $7.5 billion for e-vehicle chargers. Big fucking yeah. deal right there. Uh, five billion for clean buses, seventeen billion for ports, twenty-five billion for airports, fifty billion for water resilience. I guess that's uh, new pipes to taking out lead pipes and so on. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Fifty-five billion for drinking water, clean drinking water. Sixty-five Same. billion for broadband. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty-one Girl. billion for environmental remediation. Seventy-three yeah. billion for uh, clean energy. And power. This is all big fucking deal. And this is the bipartisan bill. This doesn't even take into consideration Build Back Better. $1.2 trillion was this uh, bipartisan infrastructure law. Just an historic uh, piece of legislation there. It's it's the biggest infrastructure project in 50 years, as Bob said. It's uh, the biggest since the interstate highway plan from President Eisenhower in the 50s. Uh, it is a five-year plan to fix all the things that uh, Bob was talking about, including uh, increased safety measures for pedestrians and bicyclists, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, zero-emission school buses, uh, updating the power grid, easing congestions on roads with better traffic control, uh, re- replacing the lead pipes you mentioned, uh, and uh, transition to clean energy, a, a beginning of that, more accessibility for the elderly and disabled. And and it's all to be paid for with COVID relief funds, uh, uh, the recouping of fraudulent unemployment payments, yep. a crackdown on tax cheats, and and a crackdown on cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is just, I mean, and, and that's ignoring the $1.9 billion, a trillion dollar bipartisan COVID relief bill, the American yeah. Rescue Plan, that sent to checks 
checks to Americans and helped uh, schools and governments and businesses, uh, state and local, uh, expanded unemployment, subsidized health care for laid off workers, billions for COVID testing, vaccines, equipment, uh, money for mental health and veterans, assistance for renters and homeowners, and a hey, huge tax break for parents. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to mention ending the Afghan war for 20 years after 20 years, uh, getting 70 percent of the population fully vaccinated. Uh, and uh, the economy. I know you like to pay attention to this, especially with all of Trump's harping on it. Yeah. Half million new jobs last month, five and a half million more than in October 2020 when Trump yeah. was still in. Unemployment is down to pre-pandemic levels, down to 4.6%. Stock market setting new records up 22% over last year. Wow. Helping retirement plans. Wages are up 9%. Unemployment down 38%. Consumer spending up 10%. So for uh, progressives who say... You know, they're not doing anything for people. They're only, you know, uh, this is just what they've done so far, and they're just getting started. Right. You know, and, and so and, and, and I want to keep pounding this message, too. Right now, because our majority in government is so, so very slim, we have to accept these smaller victories. But mm-hmm. by winning these smaller victories, we can get dem- more Democrats elected. Uh, to accomplish the bigger things that didn't get done. Let's stop fretting so much about what hasn't been done yet and celebrate what the amazing, and this is in his first 10 months as president. This is unprecedented. This is an amazing set of accomplishments. And as Bob indicated, we're just getting started. It took Donald Trump two years to create 4 million jobs. It took Joe Biden less than a year I mean, how much time do we have left to go before we're talking about three? You know, it took about nine months for Joe Biden to create 5.6 million new jobs. Right. Good God. I mean, the timing is a little shitty when all that news came down a few days after the election, after the election in Virginia. But still, yeah, and, it's, and at the close of the business, uh, close of the news cycle on Friday night, at, like, yeah. just before midnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, it, it's still a thing. It's still something that we can carry with us and that we can yes. uh, help to make it resonate on social media and everywhere That's it's important for people to hear this information. Because Americans don't know this. They, they yeah. don't know this. I spoke with a Democrat earlier this week week who uh she she was saying yeah, but they haven't done anything for people and i said oh my goodness <laughs> oh, God. you know uh no. look at what they what the, look at what they've done people don't know even our own uh, progressive friends don't know everything that's been accomplished yeah this is just some of what's been accomplished so far uh and and there's still the three and a half trillion dollar human infrastructure bill to go yeah jesus when you said that she didn't know about any of these things uh, right. i suddenly was channeling <laughs> Channeling Clint Howard in Parenthood. No! No! (laughs) Yeah, and it's because uh, the media has been focused on uh, the drama of the imperiled uh, Bush, uh, the imperiled uh, uh, Biden administration. Yeah. uh, And and not focusing on reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the word hasn't gotten out. Yeah. So I I would implore all of our progressive uh, friends and listeners to. Uh, help get the word out about what has been accomplished so Mm -hmm. far and why it means we can accomplish more in the future. So, uh, coming up here in just a second, uh, someone whizzed on the electric fence. Oh, my. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. We've got headline of the week. And then I've got an interesting (laughs) story here about the COVID guidelines 
for an upcoming event. We're going to talk about that mm-hmm. and, and a whole lot more as we uh, wrap up our Tuesday show right after these words. Hey, this is Frangela, and we host the final word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show, where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to The Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Bob Seska! When I grow up, I'll be a slave. Get lucky with the devil while he was at my place. He seemed a bit unsettled. A suit of armor for me. Yeah, this is one of our P1 listeners. This is the great George Harris and a uh, song called Catalog. Yeah, it's Catalog Man. I almost said Cadillac Man. The uh, obscure Robin Williams movie from the 1980s. It's not that. It's called Catalog Man. I almost did it again. Uh, George Harris, we all know George Harris. He provided uh, our, uh, he's he's sending us all kinds of fun uh, jingles and things like that, like our our who's suing Trump today jingle is George Harris. Look at all the litigation that he hopes will go away. Who's suing Trump? Who's suing Trump? Who's suing Trump today? That's George That's Harris. Very, yeah. That's very nice. Thanks, I like that. I like that. We should use that more often. Absolutely. BobSeska.com slash music. Submit your work to the show. Thank you in advance. Okay. So, uh, speaking of jingles, who whizzed on the electric fence, right? Don't whizz on the electric fence. Kellyanne Conway clearly whizzed on the electric fence uh, right before she said there was no supply chain crisis during the Trump Ah, administration. I mean, Ah, she she was there for four years. Here's here's, uh, Kellyanne Conway. Sort of stupid and don't understand what the supply supply chain crisis is. I worked at that White House for four years. We never even heard of such a thing. There was no supply chain crisis. No, there wasn't. Because no, there, there was, because there actually was, and you're lying about it, Kelly. There, there was plenty of Lysol and paper towels and toilet paper and alcohol and wipes. <laughs> it, it, right. it, masks and gloves. There was plenty of that to go around. Oh, yeah. There wasn't a lack of alcohol swabs. or You couldn't buy, you know what? You couldn't buy a goddamn bottle of rubbing alcohol in a grocery right. store. I mean, right. bottled water, you couldn't get that. Right. You know what I ended up ordering at one point? Because what? we couldn't get uh, regular paper towels. I ordered the paper towels that you put. You know the kind of paper towels you get in the like the uh, McDonald's oh. bathroom. You know the ones that oh. in that wall-mounted holster thing, and you pull one out, and another one pops down. It was those kind of paper towels for like a week. Kimberly and I were using those as not only paper towels, but also uh-huh. maybe this is too much information, but also as toilet paper. Oh, ouch! Yeah, Ooh. not oh. fun at all. I assure you, Kellyanne yeah. Conway, it was not. <laughs> It is not well, a pleasurable I, I, experience. I, I, I tell you what, I have a pro tip about that, yeah. but I'll I'll hold it back for the oh, shadow dog. Oh, okay. So <laughs> teaser for the shadow dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, obviously, there was a massive crisis because Donald Trump ignored all of the paint by number rules that you use, that you wheel out whenever <laughs> there's a uh, pandemic style emergency. It was all set up and ready to go by the previous administration, and. Right. Donald Trump ignored all of that. And that's one of the many things that we can't allow to slip through the memory hole. I mean, uh, even more importantly than shit like the Four oh. Seasons Total Landscaping thing, 
The fact that Donald Trump didn't do a goddamn thing and because of his incompetence, because of his focus on winning the election rather than mitigating the pandemic, uh, caused hundreds of thousands of additional deaths, American deaths. You know, there are so many things, so many, so many things uh, that we have said uh, we must never forget this. Yeah. Uh, It's a pretty long list at this point, and history is already documenting those things. And so in that sense, they won't be forgotten. I I think because there is so much to remember, so much to never forget, Mm -hmm. that it might just be easier to remember Donald Trump as the most ignorant, dangerous, corrupt president in American history, uh, who the likes of which we must never allow again. This is what happens when you believe that anyone can be president. I mean, we need to disabuse ourselves, and by we, I mean the people who supported Donald Trump, need to disabuse themselves that uh, of the notion that anyone can be president and that all it takes to be president is someone that you'd have a beer with at a bar or some shit. Right, right. That is horseshit. What we witnessed through great pain, a huge death toll as a consequence of the Trump presidency, yes, yes. was how you have to be presidential. You have to be competent. And Kimberly and I are watching the morning show on Apple TV Plus. Yes, as are we, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's it's heartbreaking to hear mm-hmm. the reports happening in the background of the show where they say, 15 cases of coronavirus in the United States right now. 15 yes. cases. Can you imagine yeah. <laughs> if there had been a competent president with just 15 cases inside the United States? Those people would have been quarantined vigorously it could have ended right there with just 15 cases. It would have been easy. I mean, easier. Nothing's easy. But it would have right. been so much easier to deal with it then. But it was allowed to just run rampant, uncontrolled. And to the point where not only was it uncontrolled, not only did he not do the right things to stop it, but he actually encouraged the shirking of all of the rules. He, w- he was all about the swagger. If, if American voters uh, would learn anything from the Donald Trump experience, I would hope it would be that uh, bravada is not enough. Yeah, yeah. That 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 you you've got to be able to back that up. It's okay to have it if you can back it up. But mm-hmm. uh, Trump uh, was not able to do that. And also that experience or alleged experience in business is not enough. Yeah. Business and government are two entirely different animals and you put someone like Donald Trump uh, in, in a position like that Uh, you can expect nothing less than the chaos we saw. And unfortunately, it happened at the time of uh, a viral pandemic. Yep. And uh, because of that, uh, I've seen people call for Trump to be tried for mass murder, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, crimes against humanity, Mm. for allowing hundreds of thousands of people to die who never had to die. It didn't have to go that way, as Bob just indicated. Yeah, and I think as we move into the uh, midterms period of time here, the midterm election Yeah, we're in it. We're in it. We're We're, we're we're down to the final year now. Yeah, I I think it would help if we all repeated over and over again that Trump and the Republicans killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. And if we let that uh, pitch go on by, we're we're out of our minds. I, I, I don't know that that will... We, we must never forget, uh, and we must uh, prosecute what we can, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're going to win anybody over by by 
you know, by by hammering on that. I yeah. I I, th I think we, you know, like I said, don't don't let it die. But I don't think it's a I don't think it's a political strategy. Well, it's about swing voters, and it's about reminding swing voters that hey, look, you want to walk into the voting booth and say, right. yeah, you know what? Look, both but, sides. I don't know, both sides. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter because one side is right. desperately incompetent, and you vote for but, that side, and you're going to get another hundred thousand dead Americans out of it. And well, as as I was telling uh, Marcia earlier today, uh, diplomacy is the uh, uh, the art of politely manipulating people. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a statement like that, just out of context, makes us sound nuts, even though it's true. Mm -hmm. It sounds terribly radical to someone who does not yet been introduced to that idea or or hasn't seen the evidence for it. Presenting it as you did by giving the evidence. Uh, th that that can be effective, especially yeah. with I think the independent or swing voters. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, speaking of COVID, I was noticing uh, the appropriate guidelines here for this uh, this fundraising event. I think it's a, looks like it might be a democratic event just based on these uh, COVID guidelines. And here they are. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. This uh, this thing that's happening at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Mm -hmm. um, COVID guidelines and details, it says, in order to attend this event, mm -hmm. attendee must show either a COVID vaccine card or a negative COVID test 72 hours prior to the event. Mm -hmm. There will be, and this is the second uh, guideline here, there will mm -hmm. be a mandatory checkpoint on site for all attendees prior to entering the venue doors. So this, severe, yeah. yeah, obviously this is a, uh, a left-wing Democratic Gotta event. Be. because it's a good Democrat. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, hold on. No, I'm sorry. We have a correction. What? This is the Fox Nation Patriot Awards 2021 in Florida uh, on November 17th. Of course 17th. it is. Yes, of course it is. You have to be yeah. vaccinated or uh -huh. you have to have proof of a negative COVID test in order well, to get guess, into the Fox Nation Patriot Awards 2021. I guess Tucker Carlson can't go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Dan Bongino is going to be there. Right. Tucker Carlson, Steve Ducey, Ainsley Earhart, which sounds like a made-up name, Sean uh -huh. Hannity, Pete Hegseth. Pete Hicks said they ought to make sure he washes his hands because he's already admitted that he doesn't wash he his hands after taking that, a yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura Ingram, Johnny Joey Jones, which was my radio name back in 1972. Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Jones, his brother. No, I don't know if it's his brother or not. Brian Kilmeade, Lara Logan, Janine Pirro, Mike Rowe, Clay Travis, they're all going to be there. And uh, they will all have to be vaccinated, I guess, in order to get in hmm? uh, or have a uh, negative COVID test. <laughs> where is that stray comet when you need one? <laughs> and finally, uh, headline of the week. Sometimes uh, the press pulls one out and it makes me laugh. Um, this headline from the Washington Post made me giggle. NRSC Chair Rick Scott, that's the Senate uh, Campaign Committee, right. uh, Rick Scott declines to say if Trump-backed Senate hopeful accused of strangling his wife is the right candidate for the job. And there, <laughs> there is your headline of the week. I don't want to take well, a stand not sure. on that, Bob. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not sure if this guy who is accused of strangling his wife, we don't know if we should run him. Uh, we, let's give this some consideration he, before we let is, him do it. He is one smooth-headed politician. <laughs> This is so indicative of the modern Republican Party. Let's run the guy who's accused of strangling his wife. What could go wrong? Yeah, uh, it shows he's strong. Yeah, and isn't Trump, Trump isn't Trump accused of strangling Ivana Trump? Isn't I, that a thing you know, in a book? Wasn't that I, a thing after I, he got if, his? If, 
If I saw evidence, I'd believe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think at some point he was accused of attacking Ivana Trump after he got his shitty hair plugs. S- something like that, yeah. Yeah, he was really upset because she recommended, the story goes that she recommended this certain doctor to do his hair replacement surgery. He went and did it, and then he didn't like the results, so he beat up Ivana because, you know, he's such yeah. a quality human being. Well, she sent him to Four Seasons Total Landscape. <laughs> Holy shit. That was the joke of the day. Where was that? I don't know. Oh, man. Genius. That was awesome. I just like to tie everything together, you know? (laughs) Very well done. Yes. Uh, Okay. So, let's see. We're going to segue over to the uh, Shadow Docket program here on our Patreon page in just a second. Uh, One of our favorite people was subject to a pre-dawn raid. We have to experience some schadenfreude over this one. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite. Plus, uh, oh my God, one of Trump's own people is predicting autocracy if Trump wins again. We're going to talk about that. Sure, yeah, good. Um, I want to talk about masculinity and Josh Hawley, who seems to be the purveyor of all things that are masculine. I, we all want to be like Josh, don't we? Don't we? Yes, yes. Because we're all so terrible. We're just like Josh Holly. We're so terribly insecure with our masculinity that we have to go around yeah. saying, hey, look at me. I'm masculine. Yeah. There's uh, nothing please. less masculine. Ask Donald Trump. There's nothing less masculine than going around talking about how masculine you are. That's just stupid. Plus, uh, I, I guess we got to talk about Ted Cruz versus Big Bird. We're going to talk oh, about good. that. Oh, yes, good. Yes, please. Up. That's always fun. That's a rich comedy garden. Yes, indeed. Democrats create 5.6 million new jobs in less than a year. Ted Cruz tries to cancel Big Bird. So there you go. All right. uh, All that's happening on the Shadow Docket program that's coming up next here. uh, Well, not here, but on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Sign up for $5 a month. And you get the Shadow Docket every Tuesday and Thursday. Sign up at $10. You get the Shadow Docket plus the Friday after party with me and Kimberly Johnson. By the way, patreon.com slash startmeup. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.